The following radio show is currently airing at the time this is being heard. I'm afraid the election's going to be rigged. I have to be honest. Guess what day it is. Can I hump your leg for 15 uninterrupted seconds? Begin the radio show. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. WPHLive.tv presents the Dave and Dave Sports Radiocast. Number 3,000 reach your on TuneIn Radio. Welcome back to the Dave and Dave Sports Radiocast, Episode 6. My name is Dave Vincent alongside Dave Fink and Trish the Dish from the WPHE News Desk. We have a pretty good show today, guys. I mean, it's really packed, and I almost feel like we should skip the segment and just go right to that great interview with... John Rookie Wright. USHA three-wall national championships are coming up right around the corner. That's going to be September 1st through the 5th in Toledo, Ohio. Entry deadline is in a couple days. They've added big ball three-wall, one-wall doubles, sponsored by the WPH Outdoor Group. And um, the entry is at r2sports.com, as they always are. You can enter there online, use your tabs, find out more information about the three-wall national Handball Championships there. Vegas Three-Wall Ball Outdoor World Championships September 21st through the 25th. Stratosphere Hotel in Las Vegas. Racquetball, handball, paddleball, and a ton of people. And there's also some things that happen there in Vegas that we don't talk about. I think in one of the future episodes, maybe even live from Vegas, we should talk about some of those things, Dave, because it does get wild. I'm not so sure about that, Dave, that we should talk about those. I think it should be spoken about. Mm. Some of these things are... So what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas, then, Not this year. This Mm. year is a whole new... Okay. A a whole new thing. Well, speaking of which, Boxer taught me a really interesting game out there, Dave. Unfortunately, it ends in broken hands a lot of the time, but still... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's one of those events there in Vegas where you don't actually enter on R2 Sports, that mm. knuckles-breaking contest mm-hmm. between yeah. whomever. But is maybe gonna... it should. I mean, there's already 73 divisions on there. What's one more? You can go on to 3wallball.com for more information, WPHlive.tv, the homepage there, or R2sports.com. Use your tabs and look for the hotel rates. You can get great discounts at the Stratosphere Hotel Casino. That's September 21st through the 25th. If you say immediately, oh, I'm busy that weekend. I can't play. I don't want to be part of ESPN. <laughs> don't worry. The schedule isn't that bad. We don't actually start playing on the 21st. Mm. Late 20. 20- Second. The juniors kick off on the 21st, though, Dave. 80 high school kids playing yeah, handball and racquetball now that's that pretty first cool. night. Okay, well, uh, I take that back. Oh, then. okay. All right. So you get those tears going again. We'll have some of those coaching things with the kids. Mm-hmm. What is it? Like every day? Seems pretty like. much. Yeah. So Plus, make... the juniors will be competing in handball and racquetball in I th- Vegas. I think that... The kids are only like 25 bucks to get in the juniors. Wow, what a deal. Yeah, and with all the amenities and stuff there. That's one meal at the Stratosphere Buffet. So that's going to be kind of cool. The kickoff of the WPH Race for 8 Professional Handball Tour in Fountain Valley, California. Simple Green U.S. Open of Handball, October 20th through the 23rd. Senior 40-plus pros, women elite, the men's elite eight, led by Killian Carroll last season's big standout of the year, USHA National Champion. He's the guy who was not only the breakout star of the year, but the star of the year, potentially. And if he wins that U.S. Open, Dave, it's really undeniable. It, that'll be three great majors in a row for him if he does that. That, that is, kicks off the Race for Eight Professional Tour number 6, which comes up here in October. It's the Naughty Alvarado Classic as we celebrate the greatest player of all time. And greatest tournament director, you'd have to say. 11-time national champion. And what a tournament he puts on, Dave. He gets his entire family involved as well as the Simple Green family. It's just outstanding. At any time, you could email us if you want clarification, you want updates. It is info at WPHlive.tv. Today's show, we'll talk Olympics, of course. How I mean, how could you not? Celebrity birthdays, interview with Marty Hogan and John Rookie Wright. Wow. And I can't wait for that. John's actually on the phone right now, and I feel really bad. I feel like I need to like tell yeah. him that it's going to be about 30 more minutes. Mm. He said he can't hang up, though, so that's something to do with his phone plan. New, news from the sports world. Stand-up hilarity. I'm not sure if we're going to get to it. We'll try. And, of course, we have Dave. Trish the Dick. Wow. Yeah. 
So get ready for the headlines. We begin today with breaking news. In Milwaukee, the aftermath of rioting overnight after police shot and killed a man. Suspect fled a traffic stop and was armed. In Louisiana, a race to rescue flood victims in communities near Baton Rouge following record rainfall. National Guard Lieutenant Colonel Ed Bush says several thousand people have already been pulled from the rising waters. Our boats are invaluable in times like this. In many cases, it's the only thing that can get around. Michael Phelps added another goal to his collection in the men's 4 by 100 medley relay. More Republicans in Congress backing away from presidential nominee Donald Trump. Senator Susan Collins on CBS's Face the Nation saying Trump lost her with the barrage of cruel comments. Collins says she's thinking about backing libertarian candidate Gary Johnson. A wildfire in a northern California lake community has more than doubled in size and is threatening homes. More than two square miles have been charged south of Lower Lake. It's a town of about 1,300 people. You're listening to the sports radio cast with hosts Dave and Dave. Episode 6 of the Cheap Seats continues on a Wednesday. A new segment here. Trish and welcome welcome in for that as we give you the e-news update. Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg are doing a cooking show together this fall on VH1. I think we'll know what Snoop Dogg will be bringing to the table with that cuisine, Dave. <laughs> like dog food? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> it's brownies. Be brownies. Bra- Very happy, oh, yeah. Happy, happy brownies. <laughs> Relaxing food. Relaxing food. That's yeah. right. I think they, I, I researched this just a little bit the other day. It's going to be called Martha and Snoop's Dinner Party, believe it or not. Mm. And would you believe that Martha Stewart's the only one out of that cooking team that spent time in prison? <laughs> yeah. What's the odds of that, actually? Uh, Martha will be cooking and Snoop will be burning, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Why, you know, why should Snoop think uh, that's, a, that's a good idea? I mean, is he high? Oh, wait. Yeah, you're right. The oven that they're going to use, the only bad thing about it is that it stays constantly at 420. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yesterday also was National Relaxation Day. Hmm. Could have used some of that, Dave. I don't think I've ever seen you relax doing anything. So maybe you could have taken a cue on that great relaxation day. I wonder how Snoop Dogg (laughs) treats that day. According to TMZ, Johnny Depp cuts off his fingertip in a fit of rage after accusing ex-wife Amber Heard of sleeping with Billy Bob Thornton. Now, let me tell you, cutting off your finger really hurts. (laughs) Whether you're in a fit of rage because you're accusing your wife of sleeping with Billy Bob Thornton or you're playing racquetball and the door slices your finger off, I don't think it really matters why it happened, but the pain is excruciating. I'm sure Amber and Johnny Depp experienced that. What what year did that happen to you when you got your finger cut off? It was 1997. Now, at that time, you were playing pro golf or trying to qualify in golf at the time? No, that was um, my second year of college. I was I was just playing handball at the time. Okay. Johnny's friends say that she set him up with all of that. I think, yeah, I have to agree. And egged him on, but then edited the video of the parts where she was acting like a moron <laughs> to make him look more like a moron. After ripping up the finger, he then allegedly dipped it in a jar of blue paint and wrote Easy Amber and then starring Billy Bob on a mirror uh, in that mixture of paint at the place that they were at at the time, which is even a better part of the story, according to TMZ. Well, it did get her $7 million cash. And Dave, what makes Billy Bob so desirable to the ladies? I mean, it just I, seems like... I know. You know, this this whole story is so entertaining, it's hard to believe that even Johnny Depp is in it. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. Video has surfaced of a Scottish man criticizing Donald Trump by singing a song laced with foul mouth obscenities. Or as they call it in Scotland, a song. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. The Pope says uh, transgenderism will be the annihilation of man. Do you really take the word of advice from a guy wearing a dress when he talks about (laughs) transgenderism? In the United States alone, Dave, we've got 324 million people living here. 9,700 of them are transgender, identified as transgender. That's 0.3%. Now, if you look at the world's population... Dave, and I know you know the 7.4 billion people in the world, 1.4 million are transgenders. Now, that may sound like a lot, but when you break it down, that's 0.02%. I mean, I've never met a transgender. That you know of. I Right. You might be talking to one right now. <laughs> you <laughs> might be true. married to somebody one. <laughs> might be, somebody might be tucking over here. Hmm. 
didn't know this was a tuck show. I thought this was a no tuck rule. <laughs> no tuck rule. Yeah. Yeah, there's a tuck rule here in this mm. one. Okay. Yeah, but those stats are just staggering. It's a lot like what we were saying yesterday. I mean, how many times in your life will you ever, Trish, come encounter with somebody who's seven feet tall? Yeah, very rare. I mean, Almost it's probably so never. Possible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's so rare, it just might not ever happen. Right. But yet, transgenderism is even more rare than that. Mm. Yeah. Right? Or is it not? I would say probably less rare. But Dave, you are 6'5", and you've probably only met 15 or 30 people in your life that are taller than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's you know what though? I think I do run into transgenders like more often. You do? (laughs) Where are you hanging out? (laughs) No, no. I was at a restaurant in Pittsburgh, and honestly, I was sitting there waiting for my order, and there were two big ladies. I thought were actually two big men. Looked like women. It was just kind of like confusing. You think think... it's confusing to you? (laughs) And I kind of figured, like, oh wow, there's a transgender in front of me. Mm -hmm. So I think if you look closer, you would realize that you're you're probably amongst a few. Mm. I mean, I know that I've ran into a few in my life. Kylie Jenner rented an oceanside villa with 23 rooms to celebrate her 19th birthdays recently. Uh, What can you really do with 23 rooms anyway? I mean. You know, as a kid, I was pretty poor. I was kicking a can down the street when somebody asked me what I was doing, and I said moving. (laughs) So I wouldn't even know how to relate to a 23-room villa. Jennifer Lawrence, 26. She's all over everything, isn't she? Seems to know how to do it right, though. She's not everywhere all the time, but she's just there enough to wear... She's it's, one of the biggest stars in the much. game. If you want more coverage of Jennifer Lawrence, go online, check any site, anytime, anywhere. I get it, Internet. She's adorable. Stop it. And David Fink, 39. Yeah, you celebrated one. Mm-hmm. 39 years old. Does that make you feel old or it not? It does. Yeah. You're getting to that stage, I think, in one more year, we'll be saying 40 years young. That's where you're going <laughs> to... It gets to the point where they say young after it instead of old. Caesar Sala is 39. 39 years of age. Caesar and I separated by just three days. And about 200 IQ points. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Natasha Hensrich, 42. Gosh, she's cute. 42 years old. Not yeah. sure I know her. The fourth kind, man. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> if the it's not on the golf channel, I, I don't see it. Or the tennis channel. Well, that's true. Or the boxing. So frustrating. Uh, Nadia Alvarado Jr. turned 43. Yeah, I haven't heard of him. What is he in? And there's uh, the little cat, David. Just all tied in. National Cat Week. There it is, the cat. And the little cat turns 43. Just had a chance to chat with him this morning, Dave. Not it or not. Yeah. Wow. Nice to catch up with one of my heroes. Ben Affleck is 44. Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner, still together a year after he cheated. Is you he- think they're together, though? I don't, don't know. They seem together, but they're, I don't know. I, I think the, the paparazzi would be all over that if they. Rumor has it that she's pregnant now. Oh. Now, that's just a rumor. Well, if he convinced her that they should stay together, then he's a better actor than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and Anthony Anderson turned 46. Yeah, he was in Me, Myself, and Irene. He was the one that talked a lot. I know him from Malibu's Most Wanted, one of my favorite. I think he's in movies. Blackish. That's as right. well. Also, yeah. very passionate golfer. He's Plays funny. almost every day. He's a funny dude. Yeah. Well, Jim Courier turned 46. That's one of your favorites, right, Dave? He was number one in the world 1992 and 93. Won two French Opens and two Australians. Great player. Donnie Wahlberg, 47. Uh, from the New Kids on the Block. Mm. Also, Entourage. Right. Married to Jenny McCarthy. Mm. She has her own radio show competing with ours. <laughs> Deborah Messing, 48. Dave, I know you're a fan of her. I like her a lot. Will and Grace. I do like her, yeah. She's cool. Steve Corral, 54. He's Big one fan. of my favorites. He's one half of the ambiguously gay duo. That's true. Ace and Gary. Timothy Hutton, 56. Mm-hmm. And Sean Penn, 56. What do you think of Sean Penn? I, I think he became a good actor after... Fast Times at Richmond High, where mm. he became famous for that role. But, um, I, you know, as a political activist, I, I mean, I don't know. He's kind of annoying. Angela Bassett, 58. Well, she looks young for 58. Yeah. Very Belinda, Belinda Carlisle, 58. Go-Go's lead singer. And Madonna is 58. 
from Detroit, like yes. you, Trish. Melanie Griffith is 59. I'm shocked, actually, by that. She doesn't look a day over Freddy Krueger. <laughs> that is true. Um, James Cameron is 62. Now that... He, I think, is going to go down one of these days as being sort of the Steve Jobs of the film industry. That guy, mm. look him up on Wikipedia sometime. Absolutely amazing at some of the things. He held the script for Avatar for about eight years because he knew that technology wasn't good enough to do what he wanted that film to do. And then when he did it, it became the highest grossing film of all time. That's a smart dude. Uh, read into some of his stories. He's, okay. And he also, not just filmmaking, he's really into deep sea diving. And he's done some amazing things with researching the bottom of the ocean floor. And Kathy Lee Gifford is 63. Uh, she, out of everybody on TV, I don't know why she annoys me. but Not a huge Kathy Lee Gifford fan. And Robert De Niro is 73. Making a big comeback late in his career, Dave. I know you knew him as sort of a gangster-type actor, and now all of a sudden he's become this comedic, kind yeah. of lovable old guy kind of shift. Yes. I know that you saw him in The Intern with Anne Hathaway. It's, good. it's a good film. It yeah, was, yeah. It was a good My film. daughter calls that a chick flick. Mm. Oh, said, really? You, you guys need to see this. It's a good chick flick. And I was thinking, yeah. that's, that's strange. I wouldn't have classified it that way, but I guess she does. Yeah. What's going on in sports, or do we have more birthdays? No, um, Alex Rodriguez played his final game with the Yankees on Friday. And his first game with the Marlins next Monday. No, just <laughs> no. kidding. That's not going to happen. They, I wish they would have done that. Yeah, well, they reached out, and Alex Rodriguez's representatives say he's done for the season. Now, that doesn't mean that he's not going to play next year. I think we'll probably see him next season. President Obama won't attend the Rio games during his vacation, but he sends his well wishes to his home country. Go Kenya! <laughs> Go Kenya! <laughs> hmm. Tim Tebow is going to try to pursue a career in Major League Baseball. What do you guys think of that? Now, imagine a scenario where he goes to single A or double A, hits 380 with some power, and they still tell him, sorry, you're cut, because that's basically what happened to him in football, right? I mean, he won two out of three games he played, won a playoff game, and he was basically blackballed from the league. Yeah, I, I can't understand it myself. I really don't. I mean, but, but these experts, they seem to know more than you and I do. But, you know, Dave, it's like if you watch someone play handball and he just looked terrible, but he was winning matches, what can you say? Well, I mean, it's all about the wins, and that's what he was he was doing. But he is certainly trying to stay in the public eye by playing baseball, right? But you can't tell me that Tim Tebow couldn't have played as well as Peyton Manning did in this last Super Bowl, where Peyton Manning, I think he threw for about 90 yards in that game. <laughs> all so, in the first quarter. Yeah, all in the first drive. Well, I, you know, in related news, Adele is reportedly on the short list to do the Super Bowl halftime show. She'll face pretty good competition, though, from several other artists, not to mention Tim Tebow, who is currently taking lessons in singing, guitar, piano, accordion, uh, whatever will get him there on stage. <laughs> he definitely is going to be. Michael Phelps received his 23rd and final gold medal at the Olympics over the weekend. Yeah. Is it really his final medal, though? <laughs> I mean, keep, come on. Keep telling yourself that weed is bad. <laughs> yeah. 23 golds, 28 medals altogether. Ryan Lochte held up at gunpoint. The robbers, apparently, if this is in fact true, now we don't know. I think a lot of details that will be forthcoming in the next few months. But the robbers told him to give him his wallet. Ryan Lochte's response, whatever. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> whatever. At gunpoint. Yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. Whatever. Is that how you would respond, Dave? If you had a gun point at your forehead and the I, gun was I don't cocked? even know if I would talk. I think I'd yeah. just get, get my wallet right. out. But I, I heard today the authorities there have seized his passport. Mm. And so he can't actually leave the country because they're still doing the investigation. So they still have it. And now they're complaining, saying, give us the passport back so we can get our athlete back. But uh, Ryan Lockey, 32 years old, said that the reason he didn't report the robbery is because he didn't want to get in trouble. 32 years old, Dave? He doesn't want to get in trouble? What did you... <laughs> in trouble for driving down the road? In trouble maybe for being out at 6 in the morning. Uh, maybe. maybe yeah, outside of the Olympic Village. I mean, I, I anytime think... Anytime you get faced with somebody saying that you're out too late, say, no, no, no. I got up early. I, already <laughs> went, to, I went to sleep at 7 o'clock. I'm up early. I just ran 11 miles. I'm getting ready for... 2020. <laughs> On the phone with us, we have John Rookie Wright. We're going to go to him with a live interview uh, in just a few seconds. I want you to stick close for that. Uh, we, this has been a very long radio cast already. We also have Marty Hogan, Dave. When was the last time we had two legends on the phone. I mean, two of the greatest of all time at what they do. 
I mean, that's not an exaggeration. Rookie Wright regarded as the greatest one-wall player of all time. And Marty Hogan, you just look at the records, he's really credited, Dave, with taking racquetball to that next level to create that boom in the 1980s where, you know, you had clubs being built with 14 or 16 courts all over the country. A lot of that is credited to Marty Hogan. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll have more of the cheap seats with Trish, Dave, and Dave. It's the Radio Cast on a Wednesday. Stick with us. You're listening to the Sports Radio Cast with hosts Dave and Dave. Join three wall ball, world players of handball, world outdoor racquetball, the National Paddleball Association, and hosts Stratosphere Hotel Tower Casino. Plus, title sponsor Pro Kennex, September 21st through the 25th for the biggest combined court sport event ever held. The three wall ball outdoor world championships will combine the very best skilled juniors, age division, amateurs, pros, women, singles, and doubles players in racquetball, handball, and paddle ball, all at one venue, all to air live on ESPN and the Watch ESPN app. Visit 3wallball.com for more details about prize money, daily schedule of events, entry fees, and amazing hotel discounts at the Stratosphere in Las Vegas. We will see you this September in Sin City. R2 Sports has the ultimate app for sports fans. Keep up to date with the latest results from your favorite sport. R2 Sports gives you instant access to a diverse range of sports and tournaments. Get live updates instantly on your Apple or Android handset. Follow your favorite players. Check their ranking and latest results. Favorite an event and get live notifications pushed right into the palm of your hand. Interact with other players and chat with fans. Watch events live right from within the app. Get results anywhere, anytime. R2 Sports, your link to the global sports network. R2 Sports is available as a free download from the App Store. Like us on Facebook for free premium access. Whether it's live filming, the Race for Eight professional tour, junior handball development, coaching and mentoring, or event planning, the World Players of Handball has you covered. The WPH Live TV crew is sinking the time, effort, and energy into growing the game of handball on a grassroots level with a focus on mass media attention. Since 2014, the WPH has aired over 20 tournaments on ESPN, and the upcoming season will also be filmed on the network. Junior WPH is flourishing as the WPH is a full-time development director and coach on staff and a department of instructors that will train, mentor, teach, and introduce handball to over 5,000 new recruits and junior athletes before year's end. Thank you for assisting the group that sees a very bright future for the game of handball. Without your donations and membership support, the WPH would not be where they are today. The WPH is a 501c3 nonprofit foundation. Please encourage others in your area to support, donate, volunteer, and give. Visit the WPH website at wphlive.tv or go to thehandballstore.com to purchase your Players Card membership. It's the radio cast with hosts Dave Vincent and Dave Fink at wphlive.tv. Feel of us. Welcome back to the Dave and Dave Show with special guest Trish the Dish. We've got John Rookie Wright, who's been waiting on the phone. Way too long. <laughs> Thanks so much for waiting. One of the greatest one-wall players in the history of the sport, maybe the greatest, just won the King of the Courts, the biggest tournament in New York City, at 43 years old. John, this is Dave Fink. How you doing? Welcome to the show, and congrats on the King of the Courts victory. How is the body holding up? The body feels great. I'm in great shape, and I feel good, you know, um... The heat was a little bit of a factor, but uh, I endured. Talk about that just a little bit. What was going through your whole physical outlook as you led up to the king of the courts? Well, basically, I was a little bit overweight. I was like 25 pounds overweight. So every day I chipped away at it little by little. I was playing singles. I was playing more singles than I ever played. And I was I was pretty much getting my conditioning ready. The king of the courts is the real big deal. Right. It's the biggest singles tournament in New York City as far as prestige, integrity, and, you know, prize money as well. This is the one thing that even us here out in the West follow as much as possible as the king of the court. So it, it's made certainly a, a gigantic impact even in these woods. What did you do leading up to that to get ready for the tournament? Well, did a little bit of push-ups here and there, a little pull-ups, 
but I wasn't still at my 100%. But I, I got to thank the players that I played against leading up to this because they helped in the development of my conditioning to play in that tournament. Can you name names on some of those workout partners, those sparring partners? Well, basically, they were the park players um, at West Fork. They were just random. I didn't need to uh, need a skill set. I just needed to run and exercise. <laughs> you, you know, you're one of the best champions of all time to ever play the sport. Did this win right here at the King of the Courts uh, mean more to you than any other win? Or does that crossover small ball, one wall national title mean more just a couple years back? What what was the big one? The Nationals one wall, uh, hard ball, and the first King of the Courts I ever won are at a tie. Everything else was basically like, you know, I've done it. I, I'm a fan. I know my broadcast partner here, Dave Fink, is a fan as well. We follow everything that oh, you I do. Thank you guys. Yeah, it's just, it's like amazing. And sometimes as a fan, we, we actually pick our favorites too. And, and that's why I asked that question because I actually thousands of miles away, but we were texting a whole group of guys were texting back and forth scores of what was happening in the one wall small ball nationals when you made it to the semis and then the finals. And, and now there's this new thing where everyone is, is doing the live stream on Facebook. So we're able to actually watch the, the matches live. And then of course, what we're doing with ESPN and getting handball out there. Do you think this sort of really cool wave of uh, electronics is helping the sport of handball or is it making people more lazy because they sit back at home and watch and don't play. I actually think it's helping because you get to see the action and it inspires you to get out there and play and you think you can do it, you know? So it definitely helps the game. Yeah, you know, I'm a dreamer. So I've had a battle of injuries here that's kept me off the handball court recently. But watching you guys play really does inspire me to do everything I need to do, control the diet, lose weight, stay in shape, and get back onto the court. When Buddy Gant left the game and he was uh, still amazing at an older age... And you two had some amazing battles back and forth. Do you draw comparisons between Buddy and you and you and Timbo Gonzalez right now, who's uh, knocking on your door and trying to take your flag away? <laughs> well, let's start with, first of all, Timbo Gonzalez is hands down one of the greatest young athletes I've saw so far. In the same breath, his game, his singles game isn't fully developed because he didn't get to play with a lot of the top players that I got to play with. I mean, really, I got schooled by a lot of top legends. And Buddy Gant was a harder game because, because he was sort of a mentalist on the court. He wanted to destroy you physically and mentally. I mean, I'm sure that you have it when you uh, go up against Timbo, but is there somebody that has that mental game that Timbo plays or could play right now? I think the kids uh, do have a mental toughness, but it's not to the extent of the old school players. I think if the, the sport was bigger, they would develop that. And they would have more drive and more push. Could you give an example of something that Buddy Gant did to you mentally or any other opponent that you've watched? One time I was playing Buddy Gant. I was the number one player in the game. And he was a master at psyching you out. He would start the game as if, oh, I, I can't win. I don't have a shot. And, you know, I'm just not into this. I'm not ready. I'm not focused. He almost seemed like he was submitting to you before the game. And then when you play him, it was like playing 10 men at the same time. You're like, where did this come from? <laughs> So he kind of did the equivalent to what I did to Timbo. He did to me when I was young. So he, he, he just pounced on me and he never looked back. And I was just as dark. He outplayed me and he, and he played a great, amazing game. And I, I'm sure right now at this age that you're at and you are winding down your professional career in a lot of ways, uh, but also staying very competitive, winning the king of the courts. Now you have that title for the next 12 months. In a lot of ways, you're, you look over there to Timbo and you have to just sort of say, yeah, okay, that's kind of a young me in a way. I mean, at least the scenario is somewhat the same. Do you have any other comparisons between you and Timbo or is it all completely different after that? No, um, I actually do have a comparison to, to me and Timbo. He has the same aggressive edge that I have. So when he gets on the court, he really wants to destroy you and he wants to take you apart. He just doesn't have the full composure that I have yet. But that comes with years of experience and playing. Do you feel that he needs to get out and, and travel around to more parks 
to get that experience or just play more tournaments? It's kind of a difficult question because he's dominating the scene right now. So there's no need to push extra if you're winning. I'm the only anomaly in his career so far. Yeah, I was looking at the some of the stats from the Olympics, and you look at the American runner Justin Gatlin, who has 33 wins and three losses in the past couple years, and those three losses all came to Usain Bolt. So, right. you know, sometimes there's a player that has your number, and that's just the way life is. So I guess maybe your Timbo Gonzalez is Usain Bolt. You guys actually have, uh, you know, a chance to play each other once again here very shortly as the Three Wall Ball Outdoor Vegas World Championships are going to be right there at the Stratosphere September 21st through the 25th. One Wall International Challenge. You and longtime playing partner Enrique Santiago will be playing in the Pro Doubles with ESPN and their eyes on you. Are you guys excited for that reunion? I'm very excited about the whole thing because I get to play with my partner, which we won the majority of the big doubles tournament. Two, at our ages, to mix it up with the young athletes is an honor within itself, whether we win or lose. Just competing at that level makes us happy. I know that Vegas compares to the scenic atmosphere of Flamingo Park and the hype around the big Florida events that you guys won a few years back. I know there was that $25,000 showdown. You won, I believe, fifteen and 10000 and the money just kept rolling in from one year to the next and you guys dominated the scene. Can you explain the feeling and vibe the day that you guys, you and Enrique, you and Lefty Henry, reeled in that $25,000 prize purse? <laughs> well, being that it was the biggest tournament in handball history, we, we had to go down and solidify that we we're the greatest doubles team ever. But, you know, just winning money at that time, we had a big sponsor. It was great. I felt like a Wall Street day trader. <laughs> I would go and make a couple of thousand over the weekend. I, it, was, it was amazing. You know, almost like you're living a second life. That is true. <laughs> Being a secret agent. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely true. I know that Enrique kind of lives on that, you know, because that was an exciting time for him as well. But he really does look up to you. When you play doubles, are, are you there as a coach? Do you also look up to your doubles partner? How does it work for you? Sometimes it's different from each player. I was trying to explain to people after years of playing and, and, and seeing people argue. I said, Henry, even though I'm the number one player in the world, when I play doubles, I'm only as good as you. So my mission when I play with my partner is to build him up as much as possible so he can play at his optimal level. When I do that, they play just as good or if not up to par with me. Not only held his own, but sometimes the MVP of what you guys were trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish. That is true. Sometimes there was a, a tournament where he carried me and no one gave him credit because my my reputation overshadowed him and I told everybody the truth. There is no I in team. But there is a there is an I in rookie. How much more rookie are we going to get before it's all over with? Well, I just keep pushing as long as I could and I'm gonna play this into my senior games for the simple fact that I love the game just like everyone else. You're an amazing dude, man. I can't wait to uh, watch you as a fan. I can't wait to be in the broadcast booth on ESPN as we televise some of these one-wall matches. And I can't wait to see you again here coming up in about a month and a few days. Well, I'm honored to be in your event. And I'm glad you're presenting this event for everyone, for the game. And that alone is big enough. Okay, man. Broadcast partner Dave Fink says uh, goodbye as well. And we're going to continue our radio program here right around the corner. I know you have work to do right now, so I'll let you get back to that. Thanks for the phone call in, John. Anytime. And thanks for everything, guys. John Rookie Wright, one of the greatest ever to play the sport of handball. Going from one amazing legend to another, we have Marty Hogan who is going to be at the Vegas Three-Wall Ball Outdoor World Championships. Marty, thanks for taking your time to sit down with us today. I know that you have a busy schedule. You're there in Vegas right now. Uh, why is this event that we're going to have in September so special? I think that, well, one, this is a great warm-up for the event, for the Three-Wall Ball event. Uh, I think we all know that the Three-Wall Ball event is one of the top two biggest events in racquetball. But it's really the biggest event because it brings paddleball, racquetball, and the handball communities all together in one really colossal event. And, and where else to have it but in Las Vegas. So it's, it's actually one of my favorite events, and it's actually an event that has just been just tremendous for all the sports. You just heard that interview, Marty, with uh, Rookie Wright, who is widely regarded as the greatest uh, one-wall big ball 
or wall ball player of all time. You're widely regarded as the best racquetball player of all time. How important is it to have this tournament and have all three of the organizations together in one venue? Oh, yeah, I think that the one thing that's great about the three-wall ball event is that, yes, I all through my career I have played, everybody knows I've played racquetball, but I have played paddleball and I have played some handball, both indoor and outdoor, big ball, handball. And I find just the fitness and the and the fun of all the sports they just they all carry over to each other and they're both very or all the sports are just are, are just a sport that everybody can can sort of naturally pick up because it's the same dynamics of playing on a court. So yeah, I love it and I think that it's just it's great to participate in all the sports. It's going to be a great gathering Marty of some of the greatest players of all time. You, John Rookie Wright, who we just spoke to on the interview and uh, Robert Sostry to name just a few plus Rocky Carson and Cliff Swain and some of those other great names between the three sports of racquetball, paddleball and handball. Talk a little bit about Robert Sostry for a minute. He is the greatest all-around handball, paddleball, racquetball athlete ever. I mean, that's played at such an extremely high level. I don't know that I can be compared to him or whatever, but I just sort of see that he just has got such a love for all the sports and has excelled at such an incredible angle. In a lot of ways, we're pretty lucky as a group of fans to be able to see guys like you and even Robert Sostry and John Rookie Wright and others. There's some great legends that are playing in this tournament, all being showcased on ESPN. How important is it to get major market mass media attention, especially from the mothership? There's no question that the exposure of, of, of racquetball, paddleball, and handball any time we can get it exposed on TV and get it exposed to people that have never seen it is the value of that is is immeasurable. Uh, that's the one thing. I mean, early on in my career and stuff, there wasn't a lot of the cable networks and whatever. We did get picked up by ABC and CBS during the during the heyday, and racquetball was exposed. But I just think that you know, ESPN coming out, being a part of the three wall ball event, is is. It's just something that is just going to help this event grow and grow and grow, which is, which is, I think, what's everybody's goal. Everybody's goal in an outdoor is for the sports to be exposed and for people to come out, participate, get the exercise, and know how just great all the sports are. Marty, I don't date back uh, very far, but I, I do know a little bit about the history, history of racquetball and paddleball and handball. And I don't recall seeing the groups, the organizations of the different sports get together and then have a major sponsor like the Stratosphere and then all team up to come to one venue. How important is that, uh, aside from having the ESPN coverage, how important is that for all of the organizations to get together and try to create a big positive event like we're doing this September in Las Vegas? In, my, in the early playing days, I mean, the indoor game was so dominant that they're really, I mean... There really wasn't sort of the growth in the popularity that has come on over the last 10 to 15 years for outdoor racquetball and handball and paddleball. Uh, I do think that it's a tremendous, tremendous accomplishment, maybe the biggest and most important accomplishment, that the three sports came together as one to form this great event. I mean, that goes to show you that there is some new leadership, there are some open minds, and there are some... And, and basically, everybody's willing to share in the pie of the exposure of all these great sports. And that, that to me, is, is, is the reason why I support anything and everything that three-wall ball does. Paddleball, handball, and my appreciation for how great the handball players are, I think it's just fantastic that everybody comes together. Do you think that togetherness has to happen indoor, or can it be outdoor? Is the future of the game the outdoor game? I guess that's what I'm asking. Yeah, my uh, a dream or, or whatever or something I'd like to see is for our sport to become a part of maybe not not some of the extreme venues, but just some of the new action sports. Because the uh, racquetball, handball, and, and paddleball are just tremendous, exciting, exciting sports and stuff. But not as exciting as what that dog is going to do to that frisbee golfer walking down the road there. Hey, it, it was cool talking to you. How excited are you for the Vegas event in September? Oh, I think it's I think it's the best. I think that the event, the event here 
that three wall ball is put on. It's one of the biggest events in, in all of racquetball, handball. Hey, man, we'll let you get back to your tournament. Thanks for the interview, and uh, thanks for everything. Everything. Thank you. You're awesome. You're always awesome. That's Marty Hogan, who will be in Vegas September 21st through the 25th. It's the World Outdoor Three Wall Ball, Handball, Racquetball, Paddleball Championship, Stratosphere Hotel, and Casino. If you want to get more information, make sure to go to threewallball.com and look for those hotel discount rates on top of all the other things that you're going to look up because we know that there's uh, special discounts on hotels. You, We also know that you can get the entry fees, uh, find out which divisions are being offered, what the prize money is, what the actual daily schedule is as well. It's on r2sports.com or threewallball.com. want to thank the earlier guest, John Rookie Wright, for stepping up. He's going to be in Vegas. And then the legend, Marty Hogan, for stopping down with us and having an interview before the Vegas event in September. We will have more of the radio cast coming up with Dave Fink and yours truly around the corner. Stick with us. You're listening to the Sports Radio Cast with hosts Dave The WPH $200,000 race for H Professional Handball Tour is back. Top handball players, qualifiers, senior 40-plus men and women's elite will participate alongside amateurs, age division, juniors, and skill-level players at multiple stops. Beginning in October of 2016, running through April of 17, from the Simple Green US Open of Handball through Salt Lake City's Players' Championship. The WPH Live TV film crew will be airing matches on ESPN3 and the Watch ESPN app with hopes you come out and play or help promote this amazing game by sharing each event's broadcast schedule. To gather the full schedule, go to www.wphlive.tv and use your tabs. Select Elite Handball and then click the schedule, news, rankings and more. Come join the WPH on the courts this season. R2 Sports has the ultimate app for sports fans. Keep up to date with the latest results from your favorite sport. R2 Sports gives you instant access to a diverse range of sports and tournaments. Get live updates instantly on your Apple or Android handset. Follow your favorite players. Check their ranking and latest results. Favorite an event and get live notifications pushed right into the palm of your hand. Interact with other players and chat with fans. Watch events live right from within the app. Get results anywhere, anytime. R2 Sports, your link to the global sports network. R2 Sports is available as a free download from the App Store. Like us on Facebook for free premium access. Join Three Wall Ball, World Players of Handball, World Outdoor Racquetball, the National Paddleball Association, and hosts the Stratosphere Hotel Tower Casino, plus title sponsor Pro Kenex, September 21st through the 25th for the biggest combined court sport event ever held. The Three Wall Ball Outdoor World Championships will combine the very best skilled juniors, age division, amateurs, pros, women, singles, and doubles players in racquetball, handball, and paddleball all at one venue, all to air live on ESPN and the Watch ESPN app. Visit 3wallball.com for more details about prize money, daily schedule of events, entry fees, and amazing hotel discounts at the Stratosphere in Las Vegas. We'll see you this September in Sin City. It's the radio cast with hosts Dave. Vincent and Dave Fink at WPH5.tv. Super Oh, yeah. It is such a long show that you guys had to wake me up during that break there. Mm. What a great interview with our two buddies, Marty Hogan and John Rookie Wright. As we're back here for episode six, it's Dave and Dave and Trish the Dish with E! News updates and stuff. I like when you two are together because I know you follow the WWE, and I was listening back to a little bit of John Rookie Wright, and I thought... Yeah, this way he talks is not he's not like a WWE guy, but I kind of like, you know, even Colin McGregor who we're going to talk about coming up in just a few. There's something about that style that seems like maybe Handball needs that infused just a little bit, Dave. Well, a lot like Handball, WWE is now getting an ESPN platform. They've got interviews with all the WWE superstars weekly, but that's what strikes me most about John Rookie Wright. Dave, he has that WWE superstar persona. He's loud, he's funny, He's confrontational, he's controversial, but everyone loves to watch him. He's just got this magnetism about him, and when he's playing, everything stops, and all eyes are on him, and he makes every match fun, whether he wins or loses, and he usually wins, but even when he loses, it's fun, and he's kind of like this new-age wrestler where you're not a heel and you're not a face, you're a little bit of both, 
and you don't know whether to root for him sometimes, root against him when he's really arguing, because, you know, he does, they have these episodes where it'll be 15 to 20 minute arguments, but it's all makes the game so much fun to watch. And I think that's a little bit what we're lacking in the game today. A lot of the players are just kind of, you know, neutral. But I think we had a little bit of that in the 90s, in, yeah. in the early 90s. When John right. Bike was around, yeah. I felt like he was sort of, he could have been like that WWE thing. Right. Uh, in the sense that he was sort of a larger-than-life figure. Yeah. He's he's had his picture in cartoons mm-hmm. and, you know, was an important player. And I know you also follow it as well, uh, Trish. Are you a fan of John Cena? Uh, yeah, I'm a big Cena fan. And I know what Dave's talking about, that theatrics in the sports. It's, when you fuse it together, it's very entertaining. But doesn't Emma Pichot have the theatrics right now? He's sort of a WWE guy. A yeah, bit. kind I, of. I, the sideshow. Theatrics, I think we saw in the race where in the very first final, it was Luis Moreno and Nadia Alvarado. And you remember them kind of jarring back and forth. Yeah. And it was a little bit uncomfortable, but it was you couldn't take your eyes off. It was exciting. I think that's what we need to some degree. And I think it happens more outside because you can hear the players more. Outside, you're closer to the players. A lot of times you're just three or four feet from them as opposed to indoors when you might be in a gallery 25 feet away from them. But, you know, a lot of these players now, Dave, almost robotic. I hate to say it. It's not... Uh, a not, knock on them. Not off the court with uh, WPH admins. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> it's if kind only more, the cameras were rolling it's then. More WWE yeah. uh, here at the office That's with some true. of the pro players as opposed yeah. to on the court. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I kind of sensed it more in the 90s, maybe late 80s. Uh, yeah. But, you know, talking to guys like Fred Lewis, they said, you know, the Paul Haber days. Yeah. That kind of was sort of the WWF back then. Right. You know, maybe it's a... It's a two-way kind of situation where the admins don't want it and the players feel like they can't do it. Well, maybe one of the admins is part of it. <laughs> Some way. I'm not trying to name names. No, but, I didn't uh, think you would. You but don't name I think names. But you do, spell that with, you do spell that with two Ds. <laughs> mm. yeah. You're at home keeping score. That's true. Yeah. Well, what else is happening here as we take a quick look at these quick hits of the E! News updates to close out the show, Trish? Uh, Blake Shelton's tweets are coming back to haunt him. Um, have you ever posted anything to social media that have come back to haunt you guys? You know, I know I have, but mm-hmm. not. I don't know if coming back to haunt you. I know that there's been stuff that I've posted either on accident. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think anything's haunted me, but I do know that I've definitely... And I'm wondering some of the things I posted that I don't know about. <laughs> You know, that's where I'm more worried. That that could come back to haunt you. I found a section on Facebook where you can actually go back to each year and everything you ever wrote. And I was 10 10 years ago. I couldn't believe the things I was writing. I I deleted at least 600 posts in an hour. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I can kind of understand. And no one's screenshotting what I'm doing, I hope. Well, I went back to look at some of the very early days. Mm -hmm. You know, like the very first week I was on. I thought... Facebook was like should have been called bully book because I <laughs> yeah. just strictly was on there just to be the worst person ever. Right. And I had no it didn't matter who it was. In the very early stages of smartphone development, Twitter, Facebook, when you were just trying to learn all the programs of everything, you know, there's so much technology that you forgot that your phone was syncing photos <laughs> automatically. At the very first one, Facebook started doing. It, I thought, oh, that this is pretty cool. But yeah. then you're you're taking snapshots of conversations and mm. and you're pulling a Brett Favre on a weekend. <laughs> yeah, that that's, that's the sort of thing. Stuff. Yeah. I don't know if that's something you regret or if it's just a regretful situation. Well, Conor McGregor is preparing for his rematch with Nate Diaz this weekend. He bailed on the initial rematch because he didn't want to fly in a private jet to Vegas for a few hours. Has McGregor finally hit a ceiling, or are you still interested? I've never been interested, but I can see why people are. I hate to say it, but I didn't know who he was about a year and a half ago. And now I find myself as clickbait, clicking on all this nonsense that he's saying. I'm even (laughs) considering driving down to a bar down the street that plays these pay-per-views and watching it on Saturday night. And I'm ashamed to even say it, but I have to. I mean, this is the truth chamber. So, I mean, I have to say it. He has me somewhat interested. Okay. I I, I don't want to be interested, but it's another one of those things where... But you know, it's a, it's a train wreck, and I want to see what's going to happen. That makes you interested in Donald Trump, too. That's a train wreck. I hate oh, that. yeah, that is a major train wreck. Do you think if he wins this fight, all is good with Conor McGregor, or if he loses, is it all done? I think if he loses, he still has a good possible career in the WWE. Now, I know in MMA, and I don't follow it that closely, but a lot of these top guys have losses. It's not like boxing where you lose once and your career is pretty much over. These guys seem to lose... Even the best fighters, you know, one out of every five fights, 
just because there's so many different ways to lose with the striking and the grappling and the submissions, and you really can't be prepared for everything, I presume. So it's hard to say. I think the attraction of him, you know, he, I don't think he'll be a $10 million a night fighter if he loses again. But, you know, if he wins, they've said that he's already going to go back down to 145 pounds where he'll defend that featherweight title. Right now he's fighting at 170. So he will drop back down. But I could see him losing and putting on another 25 pounds and going to the WWE. Or as I call it, last week. Mm. Yeah, just had a couple of days of watching the Olympics. Gained a little bit of weight. Mm. Oh. Yeah, I know you guys could notice. Hey, I think that's the show for the day. But not quite sure, but I think that's where we're going to wrap it. They're, they're giving me the spin the finger thing, you know, where they yeah. say it's time to close the show out. Anything else you'd like to say, Trish, before we go? No, but it was a pleasure. Who was your favorite, your favorite person or topic of the show? Your favorite, Trish? My favorite? I actually like talking about the Olympics. You like talking about yeah, the Olympics. Yeah, and then also uh, capping on the birthdays because it kind of helped you reminisce on some of your old favorites. And also feel better about your own age. <laughs> yes. One of my favorites. <laughs> Women's golf kicks off at the Olympics today. The men played last week. The women will play this week. The top 60, mm. actually not the top 60 in the world, but 60 women representing their countries. The world's number one, 19-year-old Lydia Ko, Dave. Seven LPJ wins before her 18th birthday, now with 14 wins. She's really incredible. I don't know if you follow her, but I do. A absolutely. She'll be the favorite there. Absolutely not. Mm. Actually, I'm going to turn my alarm yeah. clock off. <laughs> yeah. And my favorite today, John Rookie Wright. Yeah. yeah. Great talking to that dude. September is going to be the Las Vegas time for all of us. 21st through the 25th in Las Vegas, r2sports.com or threewallball.com to get more information about the big paddleball, racquetball, handball, outdoor championships there at the Stratosphere. And a couple weeks before that, the USHA Three Wall National Handball Championships in Toledo, Ohio. That will be September 20, excuse me, 1st through the 5th. And uh, that's going to be a blast as well. So I want to thank you guys for coming out to the radio show, the Thanks radio cast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been nice, Dave. Yeah. Loved it. I like your face. Keep it that way. Mm. <laughs> From in-show interviews, the latest gossip, and upcoming schedule of events, check us out at WPHlive.tv. Whether it's live filming, the Race for Eight professional tour, junior handball development, coaching and mentoring, or event planning, the World Players of Handball has you covered. The WPH Live TV crew is sinking the time, effort, and energy into growing the game of handball on a grassroots level with a focus on mass media attention. Since 2014, the WPH has aired over 20 tournaments on ESPN, and the upcoming season will also be filmed on the network. Junior WPH is flourishing as the WPH has a full-time development director and coach on staff and a department of instructors that will train, mentor, teach, and introduce handball to over 5,000 new recruits and junior athletes before year's end. Thank you for assisting the group that sees a very bright future for the game of handball. Without your donations and membership support, the WPH would not be where they are today. The WPH is a 501c3 nonprofit foundation. Please encourage others in your area to support, donate, volunteer, and give. Visit the WPH website at wphlive.tv or go to thehandballstore.com to purchase your Players Card membership.